Welcome everybody to Black Coffee and Theology. Well, hello, party people. Back with another guest this week, and it is Naya S. Abernathy. And I cannot wait for you to get into this conversation. Naya is a writer and educator, wonderful person. I I have so benefited from the way that she approaches God, the divine, through wonder, through fantasy, through um, science. And yes, sit back and relax and enjoy this conversation with Naya. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I am excited because I have Naya S. Abernathy on the podcast. Welcome, 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 friend. Thank you for having me, brother. Hey, I'm excited. I So I usually start these out with saying how I have experienced this person, the person, my guest, and then ask you know a couple of questions of introduction from you but uh naya I, I, it's grown organically a friendship uh um i remember seeing you when the three black men were on the inverse podcast we did a live recording and was struck by your engagement in that space i was like wow it's a cool person <laughs> and then from there didn't didn't see you, hear from you for a while. And then we just, you know, through the Twitter streets and beyond started to engage. And um, yeah, I, I enjoy about you. What I enjoy about most people is how you actually show up practically in the world. Like the type of questions you ask, the way I can tell you love people uh, is tangible. And I enjoy that about you. And uh, last thing I'll say, and I'll probably link this in the show description, uh, you agreed to do a poetry series with Sharifa, friend of the podcast uh, and friend in life. And I, on the stars, rebirth um, and wonder. And people still ask me about, hey, so are y'all doing a book? about with these poems what? yeah i've gotten that quite a few times that escalated quickly <laughs> wow so uh i don't know lord what make a way where there is no way but how... hey I'm, I'm here for the collab <laughs> listen um but yeah so how who are you and how do you show up in the world how would you answer that Hmm, who am I and how do I show up in the world? <laughs> that question feels so big. Um, mm-hmm. But I love that this kind of, um, this is a little, this is a slight detour into the intro. I'm currently reading a book called Joie, which is the French word for joy, written by um, 
a African-American expat who now lives in Paris and um, her last name, we just talked about people's names and I'm like, <laughs> believe her last name is Aji. And um, she's writing about the, the joy that she saw in French culture that did not exist in the same way in US culture. And one of the things she talks about is how people don't talk about their jobs. Like a lot of times when you meet someone, you're like, hi, so what do you do? And it's like the first thing we talk about is what is your vocation? And she, she makes a statement that it's almost rude for that to be the first thing you ask somebody. Like that's just not a thing. They talk about their family, um, their favorite music, uh, the next vacation they're going on. Like these are the things of the, the um, a new wine that they tried. Like this is how people start conversations there. So um, in that spirit, when you ask me, um, who am I and how do I show up in the world? I am going to do my best <laughs> to not lead with um, vocation and lead with some of the things that bring me joy. Um, I am someone who absolutely loves the stars, um, space, the sky. Looking up has always stirred wonder in me, even since I was very small. Um, and coming back to that place of joy in the last few years has been literally life-giving to me. Um, and so I, I really endeavor to have the reality of wonder right in front of me at all times. Um, and some of the ways that I do that is I make space to be with my kids. I'm a mom. I have a almost seven-year-old and an almost four-year-old. Uh, and they keep me and everyone else uh, on our toes. And they're, they're wonderful. They're very much themselves. And they teach me how to be more of myself in a, in a more truer and um, uh, joy-filled way. Uh, my husband uh, is <laughs> uh, someone who I, I distinctly remember when we met, um, while we were actually at this point, we were getting ready to get married. And I said to him one day, this is, now it feels ridiculous, but it was true. I said to him, I said, I don't do arbitrary fun because he was like, don't you ever just sit around? This was 2014. I was like, no, why would I do that? There are things to do. Um, uh, God bless him. Thank you, Jesus, for sending him to me because I have learned much about mm -hmm. arbitrary fun. <laughs> and um, we're celebrating our ninth wedding anniversary. And uh, this past weekend, we didn't have the kids and we literally sat around most of the weekend and did nothing, which probably would have driven me crazy eight years ago. Mm -hmm. so. That's that's a good man. That you, that's a kid hey. right there because that is my <laughs> idea of fun. I love right. <laughs> that's a king. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm keeping him around. To be clear, he is officially off the market. So um sorry to anybody else. Um and uh, I think if 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 I'm going to be defined, I think about the people who I keep close, the people who are around me, my community, um, which for me also goes beyond humans. Like I, I have relationship with sunflowers and lavender 
And I have friends who, if they listen to this, they're going to giggle when I say that because there's stories about um, these plant kin have a deep relationship with water. Um, there's a particular purple flower that grows on a trail near my, near my house that only blooms at the end of the summer that I love seeing. Um, and so I'm very much defined by the rhythms and the beings and the gifts of the earth. Um, so, and I, I try to show up in the world as a soft and safe place um, for my kids, for my friends and my loved ones, um, for people who need a word of encouragement or a word of wonder. Um, so I am someone who shows up in the world always centered and anchored in this reality of dignity, which when I talk about dignity, it is the intrinsic worthiness and value that every single created entity carries. And I show up in the world from that point always. Mm, I love that. Mm, you took us on a magic carpet ride through that intro. I like it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> And I like it because people answer that question differently. And I love that I ask it uh, props to me because yes. where, where people have taken me over the past, you know, few years with that question, I'm like, wow, everyone intersects with how they think of themselves in such different ways. Right. So mm -hmm. I love it. Uh, hey, so on the table, we're just going to have a little chat about where are you finding God? Where are you experiencing um, the divine? And I'll preface it with this. Uh, over the past few years, I have had this hunger to discuss with people of all of the ways that God talks back and all of the mm -hmm. ways that you experience God. I grew up as an atheist. I'm proud of that. I love that. And because of that, I came into Christianity and there was a dissonance for me because uh, I was taught explicitly that you find God in God's word, right? You find God in the church and community. And these were almost the, the ways that God was limited to encountering mm -hmm. the human soul, the human body, the human mind. And I tried to conform myself to thinking that way, but I, I'm a really embodied person. I really experience God in, in the strangest ways. <laughs> I'm like, I, if the breeze hits me just right, I'd be like, that's God. <laughs> I just, I just, yes. <laughs> I find God when I'm watching uh, science fiction shows a lot, just all, different ways. So, what's yeah. As somebody who's committed to wonder, you have a wonderful Substack, so plug for that, of Earth and yes. the Stars, uh, yes. that I'll link in the description. But give us one or two areas, places, people, things uh, that you're finding, God. Oh, one or two? Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's hard. Um, so I will say just, this is really just for context. Um, I did not grow up atheist. I grew up in the church. 
I would, I've been in a lot of different flavors of mostly black Christianity. Um, at this point, I would call myself a Pentecostal mystic, which is a term I'm borrowing from Jonathan Martin um, that feels like it honors the tradition that I came from and what it, the gifts that it did give to me while also looking forward to something that is still connected to that, but is much more expansive mm. um, and allows for. Let me stop yeah. you right there because I'm going to use that. I have never heard that term, but people who know me probably that describes me perfectly. Pentecostal mystic. Mm. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it, but it opens you up to something more expansive while keeping you connected to the things that formed you that were good, right? Um, a lot of us have had a variety of church experiences. Not all of them are great. For me, throwing all of it out doesn't work because I did find so much God in in my in that experience um, that was kind of encapsulated in church life. Um, that being said, I'm finding God these days. Gosh, one or two places, Robert. Um, <laughs> uh, the Terrell Show is one place I'm finding God. Oh, what? Now, um, now, now, zero in on that. How so, friend? So, I have really been away from gospel music for a long time for a variety of reasons um and the way oh this is your fault actually because the way that I started watching Terrell which I'm also gonna like talk like I'm one of the I'm always the last one to the culture party like I don't really be knowing what's going on so just <laughs> I'm gonna just put that out there um the way that I found out about Terrell was because Samara Joy was on his show and I found out about Samara Joy because of you and I fell in love with her and I was like I oh, love she's her so much <laughs> she's, com she's coming to Atlanta and I'm really trying to go you need I'm to. really trying <laughs> so I'm gonna try my word um so I I came and then I so I watched the the episode it was so beautiful but I got very interested in Terrell his personality I was like whose cousin is on here making a YouTube show um and then I found out he's all of our cousins everybody's cousins with Terrell but um I have been reminded of the beauty and the joy and the comfort and the truth telling of gospel music because of what people sing when they come on his show. Um, the Clark sisters were on there and I was like, I literally had just kind of, for, which is, this kind of feels a shame if I really was in church for a long time, but I'm like, I kind of forgot about them. And being reminded of that music that was so much a part of the good experiences that I had in church. Um, I have been encouraged by the conversations that he has and very specific things that God is poking at or like pointing at or winking at with me. And so it feels very connected. And so I'm, 
I'm finding God in the Terrell show in a lot of different ways. Wow, I love that. I, you know, I was thinking as you were talking about the ways that God speaks to us in the ways that we need to hear, right? In the ways that we need to experience, you know, whether it just the emotion of, you know, I experienced God in the Terrell show too. And, and they're not all, it's not only the gospel episodes, right? Like it's, there's something that's beautiful, largely black uh, people come on there. Uh, There's been a sprinkle Mm -hmm. of other (laughs) flavors, but it's largely black people. And, there's something about the beauty of them being vulnerable in a safe space. You could tell they feel mm-hmm. really safe with Tarot. Something about how he carries himself really opens people up to share mm-hmm. with him in yeah. the most beautiful ways. And then singing opens the heart in a different way. And mm-hmm. the other thing I was thinking as you were talking, it's like, I... So Usher did a a, a, a tiny desk uh, this past mm-hmm. year, and I experienced God there. I just, you know, so I was thinking. Oh, about I love that. <laughs> and um, <laughs> the reason why I'm laughing is because of you know after I became a Christian, I threw away all my secular music, and at the time mm-hmm. I don't regret it because at the time that's what no one was telling me to do that. That's what I felt that I should do, but yeah, now it's like. Part of it was because of some thoughts I had about where God could be located. But I, after that Tiny Desk concert, I was listening to that Confessions album on a walk and I felt God's spirit. And I was crying mm-hmm. down on that walk. You would have thought somebody died or that I was, you know, that I was listening to the Clark sisters. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm listening to a song about cheating. And I'm like, wow, God, you are so good. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not saying it as a recommended resource. All I'm saying is God was there though. And I was That'll like, show up. <laughs> in the Usher album. Baby, God, this was years ago, but God showed up to me in license plates. I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I kept seeing license plates and I was like, and that it literally gave me direction. And I was like, and after that, I was like, God, you are in all the places you need to be. <laughs> if you can direct me through license plates, mm. I, okay. I just, I said, you, that was one of the moments where I, I experienced the expanse of God before I was naming God as expansive, before I would ever think to call myself a Pentecostal mystic. That was one of the moments where God was so far outside the walls and the box that we put God in. And I was like, okay. all right and how how are you cultivating that you know as I'm thinking about you and how you carry yourself like how are you cultivating appreciating you know beauty and wonder and God I'm using all of those almost like interchangeably because I experience Mm -hmm. as God God in my wonder, in my fantasy, and the Terrell show, in all of these different ways I'm experiencing God, like, and you use the term mystic, and I can't help but thinking of Howard Thurman, and you read about his early life, and he said he would just go out into the forest, and he didn't have all the language, but that's where he found God was out 
there in the force and he and so in some ways he was always he had that mystic type heart and for me i grew up as an atheist and i have always been a contemplative and a mystic i just mm-hmm. didn't know that but i would get up early to your husband's thing and i would just sit you know without um and i would just wonder and, and think about that so how are you cultivating looking for all these different ways So I am naturally, um, I'm very naturally two things. I'm very serious minded. um, And I am (laughs) very naturally type A, first and only born, like, um, Mm -hmm. and on top of being, being a mom and being married to have a household and I run a business and I'm a writer and like, and there's other, so there's always something to do. It's very easy. It's very easy. It's a default to get up and start doing and then to do until I just have to stop because it's late, right? Like that is the default. And consistently I've burnt myself out because I I hadn't left space for the being and I hadn't left space for the cultivating. And so now I the it's not always the same thing, but my commitment to myself is to make space to connect. Uh, and one of the easiest ways that I do that is through my breath. Um, I have, in the last handful of years, really leaned more into embodiment. And when you start doing that, there's a lot of things you start feeling sometimes for the first time. Um, and I've gotten to the place where I feel like I remember what it was like to live not as embodied and it is much easier for me to move in that commitment of space making and cultivation because I am embodied because I can tell my body lets me know like we're moving too fast hey, we didn't breathe real good. Well, our breath is very shallow right now. We don't like it. Like she speaks to me um, and she used to have to yell, but she doesn't anymore. And nine and a half times out of 10, I'll listen to, she's just like, hey, excuse me. I'm like, what you need, girl? Um, and one of the things I try to do every day is go through a practice where I sit with myself and my breath and it's, it's an internal or mental kind of exercise, but I breathe and I'm very aware that my breath connects me to the divine, that my breath connects me to myself, and that my breath connects me to the greater we. That is something that when I do that at the beginning of my day, I find that I move through the day with the space and cultivation kind of like, it's kind of... Um, it's like jump started by that, right? Um, and so it's easy, it's easy for me to just kind of notice, and I don't have to make as much as a, of an effort um, to leave that space for the noticing and the cultivation versus a day when I'm rushing in and and immediately doing. I'm not stopping and just 
being and breathing. Mm. You know, what's beautiful about that is um, in a former iteration of my Christianity, um, <laughs> success and connection. I loved how you talk, talked about your breath connecting us to the we, you know, the, this greater we, the greater, I, I like to say the human family, and um, also this connection to God. And um, in that former iteration of my spirituality, there seemed to be a lot of success was predicated upon uh, how long are you praying in prayer? How many chapters of the Bible are you consuming? You know, how are you serving in the church? And all of those elements can be places that we encounter God. The divine will show up there. Uh, and I have encountered God in, in, in those different spaces. Um, there is a beauty that I hear in what you're saying. And as I get older, it's like, there's so, there's so much out there like that, <laughs> you know, we're not limited to this one thing. And so that even in the breathing and that slowing down, connecting to your own body, you're finding beauty there too. Right. So I, I love what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And it's something that feels <clears throat> for me, it's very accessible. So if I do, like I said, I have two kids, so every morning does not go the same. Um, uh, <laughs> speak on it. <laughs> right? God forbid somebody has a doctor's appointment or somebody's throwing up or something, you know, whatever. Um, I can always drop into that practice. I can go to the bathroom and before I leave the bathroom say, well, I didn't do this today. Mm -hmm. And just take 30 seconds, if that's all I have. And for me, that's really big because this thought, even, even when I was in an earlier iteration of my own Christianity, having, being like, I'm going to read 12 chapters today. And that was like, you were like the super Christian, super connected to God. Well, I always felt at a deficit because I never, oh, I didn't have no kids, but still was like, oh, what, what, what are you doing with your day? Um, and so it's very meaningful for me to have something that I can access with ease. And then I can also offer it to somebody else because I'm not the only person who craves the divine and is trying to move away from all of the shoulds and still find that peace and that comfort and that belonging and that connection. And if I can offer something that's like, honey, do you have 30 seconds? You know, it, it changes. It, it offers something that says God is readily available, readily available. You do not need an hour of quiet time in order to connect with God. You don't. Here, try this, right? And there's something that is freeing and liberative about saying, even if your life, because this is real for a lot, I'm not a caregiver. Like there's other people who have all what everything I have and they add other stuff on top of that, right? Um, offering something that says God is accessible to you no matter 
what else is going on? If you take a moment to connect with your breath, God is there. Oh, man. What kind of healing could I have experienced long before I did? Had somebody said that to me instead of you don't have enough faith or you need to pray more or something's wrong with you. And I never want to say that to anybody. I always want to give them an expansive option towards the divine. Earlier, you talked about uh, even as a child being fascinated with the stars. And you talk a lot about wonder. We've alluded to it already here, but I just want to hear you riff a little bit on wonder. And um, (laughs) (laughs) that's one. And I think when I hear you talk about wonder, when I I read your words uh, in your substack, or even just posts that you'll just post on social media, I... It gives me this distinct image of like child likeness. And I, that's a precious image for me because I, especially for me as being a black man, I think there's this pressure to leave wonder behind in boyhood. And now it's time to be a man. But the older I get, I'm trying to be a child again. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to be full of awe. <laughs> like, um, so just, Talk to us a little bit about that. Oh, man, you are pulling me in. You're just like, mm. here's the mic. Say what you want. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm trying to think if I want to talk about this because I'm in the middle of writing the Substack for September. So it's on the top of my mind. Um, and I'm hey, spending. Not mad at a little preview. I know what. Um, all right, I'll give a little preview. I'll give a little preview. Um, this summer, there was a report, uh, some scientists released some data, and there was an article in The Atlantic by Adam Frank, I believe is the author's name. And he's talking about this discovery of primordial gravitational waves. And what that means, like distilled down, I am not a scientist, uh, but distilled down in a very simplistic way, it means that there is a rhythm to the universe that started at the origin and continues today. And it moves through us. It moves through our atoms. It moves through the tree. It moves through the table in your house. Everything is affected by this rhythm, by this buzz, by this reverberation that is the remaining movement and sound of the beginning of all things. It's still there. (laughs) 
And it, when I read stuff like that, I've, I've thought this thought, there's a thought I have, and I've thought this thought when I've read about things like dark energy. <laughs> and um, and I, I, I hear stuff like that. And I'm like, that sounds a whole lot like God. <laughs> Just like, you know, I know you're not going to say that, Adam Frank, but it just, just sounds like God. There is, there is an essence of, of low, like the lowest of low vibrational sound and movement that started at the beginning of all things. And it still moves throughout the very fabric of space time. That sounds like God. You better, <laughs> and, you better preach on today. <laughs> I mean, I would love, I don't know what church would allow me to, to preach on that, but I would love to stand on a Sunday or whatever in a pulpit and preach good news from there, from that place of wonder. What is the good news that there are gravitational waves that that have been detected that are 13.8 billion years old? What's the good news in that? That's good news to me. <laughs> And the good news for me is that hmm, I'm trying to, I don't want to give too much. Um, the good news to me is that it doesn't take science to know this. Science comes a lot of times. Science comes behind wisdoms and other ways of knowing that have already stated certain things. And then science says, actually, here's the data that says that you're right. And those who brought forth the wisdom and from these other ways of knowings are like, we we know that we're that we're right. Um, and this is one of those things. And what for me, when I think about the wonder and and the utter unknowableness of God, is that God would not just allow, but promote over the facts, the wonder of who God is and how God shows up in our bodies and between us in relationship and in the stars and in the grass and in the water and in our breath uh, and in our stories, that there are truths in origin stories that are millennia old that we are now confirming with science that's we've they've been known that because i'm less concerned with facts and i'm more concerned with the story of you and i and us being all woven together and it makes me think about john 17 where jesus says beautiful prayer about what he wants for us. And at the end of the prayer, he just, he keeps saying, he's like, I want them to know that you're in me and I'm in them and they're in us and we're in, we're one and it's love. And like, that was Jesus's prayer right before he was taken away to be murdered. And for me, that prayer was not new. I think that prayer exists at the same point those primordial gravitational waves started. And it has been reverberating throughout the universe for billions of years. That prayer, 
I am in I am in you and you are me and they're in us and, and we are one and it's all all of it. The very texture of the fabric of space-time is love. Mm. I'm going to leave it there. Naya S. Abernathy. Wonderful <laughs> conversation partner. Wonderful person. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. What a what a joy and a gift to be sharing some space with you, Robert. It's so, so good. Mm. Black Coffee and Theology Pod is a production of Three Black Men, the podcast about theology, culture, and the world around us. Follow us on Twitter at Three Black Men. If you like the content that you are receiving here and want to receive more, whether that is in longer conversations, essays, devotions, and videos from either myself, Sam, or Trey, please sign up for, for our Patreon at patreon.com slash three black men. Don't forget to like, rate, and review Black Coffee and Theology Pod as well as Three Black Men.